Welcome back to the Health, Wealth, and Happiness podcast with your host, Natalie Bolin and Bailey Graff, where together we create a safe space that allows you to live your best life, which is exactly what we're doing with this episode. Uh, today we have Cass O'Neill on, and I actually met Cass uh, through Hava. And Hava, we had on, what was that, episode 13? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So obviously they're both like writers and speakers. And it, this episode just like, it just flowed. It was such a, a flow, fun, like I'm just still basking in the energy of it. We just got off the phone with Cass and it's just one of those episodes that makes you feel so good. Mm-hmm. And we were both able to reflect to each other that, you know, we're kind of doing what we're supposed to be doing in this moment. And it was really nice way to end the episode. So for those of you who don't know, Cass O'Neill is an author, writer, speaker, and poet calling herself a wordsmith of love. She quit her corporate job in October of 2018 to begin her path of entrepreneurship. Cass is an avid traveler, making herself a home wherever she goes. She is now a numerologist, Reiki master, and breathwork facilitator. This year, she published her poetry book, The Sure Song of Here. And it's such a beautiful book. I was going to say, yeah, which Bailey actually owns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll link it in in the show notes, but I would highly recommend uh, she'll she'll read a passage uh, that she wrote and just buy it. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Another thing you should do is follow us on Instagram (laughs) at HWHpod. (laughs) Yes, we have some great content there. Mm -hmm. Not poetry, but other words of knowledge. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, uh, she says that poetry is anything that's sharing your truth. So, you know, we share that everywhere we go. I think we're sharing poetry. Um, And then (laughs) if you haven't already, please uh, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is what helps us grow and connect with beautiful guests like cats. Yes. And sign up for our email list because we definitely will have some great content in this week's episode, I'm sure. Um, and you can do that within the show notes as well. So can't wait to see you on that list. Yeah. And enjoy this episode. All right. So I feel like we should, this is a good point to start. Um, so I guess Cass, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, this is a loaded question, but definitely like how you got to where you are today and you know, what you like to bring into the world. Mm. So it's funny. I remember I went to this summit and it was like a speaking engagement and the, the speaker opened up by saying, tell the person next to you, your life story in 90 seconds. And it's kind of a similar question because it feels overwhelming and you're like, whoa, but 90 seconds is a long time. And then you get to really understand like the lens that you have for your story. And I think a little bit about me is I basically, if you zoom out a lot and you look at the life of, you know, Cass O'Neill, Anna Cassidy O'Neill in this world, I, I feel like, so I grew up on the West Coast in Seattle and never really felt home here. I'm actually back visiting my parents right now. And so, so much of my life was almost like living in the fantasy of leaving and like traveling and going places and not wanting to be where I was. And then always thought I was supposed to be on the East coast. My parents are from the East coast. I always felt like I walked faster than everyone in Seattle and talked faster and 
really moved faster. And to me, East Coast is like, you go fast, you talk fast, you're in, you're out, you're growing, you're moving, you're grooving. And so, yeah, I spent so much of my like childhood kind of dreaming of where I wanted to be and just waiting for the opportunity to get out of this rainy bubble of Seattle that just didn't feel like it was mine. Um, and that theme really carried through in my life of this concept of like, am I running away from something? Am I running to something? And what happens when I really sink my feet and toes and heart and roots into one place? And whether that place is literally the moment of like being at a friend's house, like how can I really be intimate there and stay there in conversation in the moment? And also in different places that I travel to, you know, I, I feel like I live so much of my life on the high, like travel to a place for a week. Of course, it's like, it's like a drug in the sense that you meet new people, see new things, do new things. You get infiltrated with this, this energy of like connection in a really quick way. And so, so much of my life was that. And the last few years has really been about like grounding and stillness and slowness through the lens of intimacy and staying. And through the kind of wave and course of, of this path, I have been kind of in this relationship with my creativity and being more intimate with myself, with my ideas and yeah, trying to, and trying to, and doing and creating a creative life where I can really feel like I'm in service to the world and having a lot of fun. And, you know, I think, really wanting the question I always ask is like how good can it be like how good can this life be we we it's time to take our lids off of like what we thought was possible and where we thought we could go and like this linear thinking of like the next thing and the next thing it's like man we are multifaceted amazing beings that can dream up and let our imaginations run wild and have our imaginations connect with this crazy dream and then yeah, like, let's do it. Let's create this world. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so that's the space I'm in now. It's really that energy of, of letting it go and then creating the behaviors and the habits that, you know, and rituals that I would need in order to be deeply rooted so that I can really dream, dream high and big and loud and fun. I want to have fun. <laughs> so that brings up a question. Cause you, you said rooted and it reminds me of something like Bailey has said, and it always resonated with me is like planning your roots and, um, being uprooted a little bit. Like sometimes you might be too grounded and too many roots and then you need change or whatever it might be. So I'm curious, cause you mentioned planting your roots, even if you're like with a friend, how can you like plant your roots, be present or whatever it was. Do you find, I feel like, so even scheduling this episode, it seems like you were traveling a lot or like on the go, you were here, there, you know, needed service. How do you truly root yourself when you do feel like you're on the go? And what does that balance look like for you? Cause I feel like some, or do you think it's like personal? Like, do you think like some people really need like to stay in one place to really root yeah. and grow or you know, if someone is on the go, how can they find that? I know that's like a lot of yeah. questions in one, but I'm, no. it's interesting yeah. that you said that. And for someone who is on the go, I'd be curious to hear your perspective. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to kind of the groundedness of each moment. So it's almost like I have this image of someone kind of sitting, I don't know, for some reason, what's coming through is like at a park and there's all these things moving around. There's people coming and going, there's kids playing, there's balloons, there's kites, there's all these things. And in any given moment, maybe you're in a noisy place in life. Maybe you are traveling. Maybe you are moving and grooving. Maybe you are 
in transition between different flats or apartments, whatever it is. But it, to me, the groundedness is the energy in which that person is able to embody in the moment of the noise or the moment of the calm, you know? And I think it's, it's the intrinsic weather that's happening inside of someone that it, that they're experiencing. And, you know, you could, I, I love, I love walking and I love at night when like, you know, when you're like creeping, not actually creeping in people's homes, but when the sun has gone down, and you're walking around a neighborhood and all the little lights are on in people's homes and you walk by and you get this snapshot of someone's life. They might look like they're in a very quiet home and a quiet, quote, quote, grounded moment, but maybe internally they're super anxious. They're feeling all these different things. They're in this crazy weather storm inside, you know? So I think it's so much more ab about what's going on inside than what you're actually experiencing on the outside. So as I'm like traveling in Mexico and, you know, different experiencing all these different energies meeting different people deciding where we're going to go next week how can I do it in a way that actually feels more peaceful and grounded and yeah giving yourself time and space to pack up where you're not rushing it you know and giving yourself time and space whatever that is for that person enough you know a week for you to stay in one place that can you can unpack all your things so it's really just dependent on the moment, but then the choice of what, what would my ground look like and feel like in this moment here and now. Um, so have you always been that way? Have you always been able to, like, how did you get to this point? Because I feel like that's pretty impressive to be on the go. Like, okay, first question. I'm all over the place. I feel like this is, right. I'm loving this. So <laughs> have you always been one to want to adventure, go different places is that innately who you are yeah and it's funny I recently got a human design reading I actually partner human design reading with my partner and it's such a gift of exhale to just be like oh I don't have to resist what I naturally am and she was able Nadia last for those of you who are looking for a reader she's fucking incredible but she basically was like Cass you are born to be in new landscapes in new cities and new energies it's very not only inspiring to me, but it's also my medicine. You know, I go and I travel to these places and she, I forget the phrase that she used, but basically I, I'm, there's no walls of, of separation between me and other humans. So I can stand in line at a coffee shop in whatever country and connect with a person. And it gives me energy. It gives me life. I, you know, I'm sharing light or whatever energy you could say that I am with that person in line or at the coffee shop. And, and it really like fuels me. And I'm at the point now where I want to have a little nest to fly from. So like, I want to have my, like, this is a beautiful mug I'm drinking water out of. I want it to be mine, you know, my beautiful pottery and our beautiful mattress. And so I'm at that point where it's like, I can do more and kind of spread my wings further when I and we have our little nest to, to, to do that from. I can totally resonate with that. Um, so you mentioned Nadia as your reader. Was that the, the podcast that you were just on too? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought so. So we, we listened to that and we loved it obviously. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned in that one too, you say to me, intimacy is staying. And then you kind of like talk about letting an idea flow through your body. Uh, can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit and just talk about yeah. how that connects? Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who didn't hear that episode with Nadia, it, I basically was able to re recognize, I feel like there's always these themes of understandings that unlock for each person in their life and in their soul's journey. And one of mine was around this concept of intimacy. And at the time I was doing a coaching certification program in DC, I was living in Philly and I had a coach through this program for a year. 
And I was in Mexico talking to my coach on the phone and I don't remember what the context of our conversation was, but I remember her just pausing for a second and saying, Cass. And I was like, yeah. She's like, what's your relationship to intimacy? And I immediately just started crying. And it's, it's so funny because in the, in, in the moment I was like, wow, my, my understanding of intimacy right now is like, it's a sexual thing. Like it's, and it's something you do every day with yourself, maybe, you know? And I was like, whoa, that is not actually what I believe to be true. So I spent that week really understanding what intimacy was for me. And I realized that intimacy was staying and, you know, kind of hearing the beginning of my story of always being on this high traveling and always staying at a place long enough to get enough juice to then leave, you know, it was almost this life of enoughness. And it felt good because I was like, cool, I had, I went to this party, I did this happy hour, I was traveling, but it, it wasn't really deeply soul nourishing. Like I didn't go deeper and didn't realize that at the time. So I basically have recognized that I first started practicing intimacy with others and like I would go to a place and I would recognize, you know, like a, a bonfire circle, for example, and I would go there and I would stay and I would recognize the kind of automatic, predictable behavior that I had, which was to like leave. Cool. I stayed long enough. I'm leaving. So I would watch myself try and leave. And then I would just be like, Cass, you're practicing something new. And I would just practice staying. And I found this little threshold of not even, you know, maybe a few minutes of discomfort of this new practice that I, I like got through that was me in my head being like oh my god no one wants you here whatever the story was you really meet yourself in that in that transition and then on the other side of it it's almost like a slide that just goes into water like all of a sudden I stayed to the end of the night and I'm like oh my god this is incredible so I started practicing int intimacy with others in that way and it really started giving me so much life I started understanding that I was putting so much I guess, like wait on myself to carry the moment, to carry the conversation. So obviously I would want to leave if I'm the one that's guiding the, the conversation and feeling like I'm taking on the energy of everyone, then of course I want to leave. But if I can let myself receive the moment and stay, then I'm actually kind of in this symbiotic infinite eight relationship with whatever it is I'm doing. So it started with others and then it moved into actually like intimacy with self. Like I would sit to meditate and I would, you know, be like, I'm going to meditate for 12 minutes. And I, I would get up after two minutes and then I'd be like, Cass, stay. What happens if you stay with yourself? You know, if you actually pass the threshold with self and now it's really been a practice of intimacy with my creations and ideas that come through because in the past, and this is what Bailey, you're kind of referring to, I would get these ideas for things. And it would give me so much excitement. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this class. And this class is going to be all about your abundance mindset. And like ideas are flowing through and it's coming through. And then I'm like, I need to sit down and do this. It's almost like this, like, I'm going to lose it if I don't energy, which is like the opposite of trust, you know? And then I would sit down and kind of make this creation. And it would be very, it almost only made its way down maybe to my heart. And then it was like out. It didn't go down into my body, if you will. And um, I didn't kind of create an intimate relationship with that thing. It was like hot potato, hot potato, get this thing out, you know? And I've found that in the process of being more intimate with ideas and kind of my creative process, there's a lot of ideas that actually just kind of want to be known to you. And maybe they don't, they don't want to actually be birthed into the world. And the more that I allow myself to let the excited energy ground itself and then actually be able to be more 
grounded and excited, the more powerful creations come through and the more I'm able to actually be in relationship and conversation with these ideas. And just because something's coming through me now in this moment doesn't mean I need to sit down, cancel everything and like let my fingers type so fast to get it through. Like I can actually trust that there's an idea coming through. Perfect. Maybe it just wants to hang out with me for a bit. And in a year, it's going to be the thing that comes out into the world. And this has been a lot of trial and error, trial and error that I'm still in practice with because it is so fun for me. I get so much energy from ideas. So of course I then want to share it and put it out in the world, but it's really a deep practice of trust. And then, you know, being in conversation with these ideas and also not coming from a scarcity mindset of like, you know, my creations and as an quote entrepreneur, my creativity is linked directly to my income. And I can't immediately have an idea come through and then immediately put this like veil around it and almost suffocate it by saying, okay, I'm gonna have 12 women in this group. I'm gonna charge this much. That means I'm gonna make this amount of money. And like, all of a sudden, like you can even feel in the energy I'm speaking, like it loses its breath. And it's a practice to keep it kind of open and airy and, and in conversation with with your ideas and with the, with your creations. And it's really a different practice. Like even I've been feeling so much grounded energy in August, which for me feels very creative. And I'm like, oh, I just want to do a workshop, a workshop, you know? And I'm like, what's the workshop going to be? And it's forming and it's coming, but I'm fighting the part of me or not fighting. I'm, I'm in conversation with the part of me that's like, Cass, get it out now. But it hasn't fully formed yet. So like I'm in dialogue and, and kind of in the, in the river floating flowing with it as as it's speaking to me and it's beginning to trust me and then therefore as i'm in this energy with this creation it can then be mirrored with the people that would say yes to it you know if like if you believe in energy in that way like i do it's it's like if you create something from the space of i just need money it's not going to work and if you create something rushed you're going to try and get people to rush and sign up it's not going to work it is just this deep trust in something beyond what we say. It's like how we're doing what we're doing. It's the energy of it. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's such a, such a fine balance too, with like having your own business and like trying to be creative with it, like learning that process and learning your way to do that process is so difficult to like keep the fun in it, but also like pay your bills. Um, and just that timing, like it's so much patience and presence. Like, I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. It's funny. I was today, I was saying out loud to my partner on, we're walking to get a little coffee and I was like, wow, space and time. Like those are two of the most unbelievable gifts that we get. And we need those. We need space to, to be able to let ideas come through and to have us trust. And also we need time to let it cook or to let us heal or whatever it is. But I think we, we almost forget these two concepts, like, and we, the human in us takes over. Like I recently learned that the human brain doubled in size in 2 million years, which is crazy compared to any other, you know, animal in the world. So it's like our minds are almost too far ahead for what our souls want to do in this lifetime. And yeah, there's, there's like a really beautiful practice of patience that comes with it. I mean, you watch, in this crazy yeah if you watch nature and the way nature heals and moves and animals it's there's patience and a stillness and a slowness that comes with it and as humans we have cars that drive fast we have jobs that promote fast we have money that can come fast and it's this 
delicate balance of coming back to the human nature of it all and mirroring mirroring it from the natural way versus this created way. This definitely parallels something that I've been seeing a lot, either if I'm listening to podcasts or on Instagram recently, the accounts I follow have been really talking about, it's kind of like the timing of life and you keep saying patience and trust and how, you know, actually contentment or being content where you are is actually a part of growth and not chasing the next and jumping, like you said, immediately to the next thing. It's like, you can be okay where you are and have these things that you're like, okay, I am going to do this in the future and kind of being patient, sitting with it and thinking about it more so than jumping straight to it. And that actually, um, kind of shows a little bit of a different kind of growth. It's like being okay where you are, enjoying where you are while still, like you said, having that conversation with yourself and trusting, I will do these things, but I don't have to achieve all my goals right now. Like, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's um, definitely in a forefront. I feel like in a lot of people's minds based on, like I said, I've been hearing it so much recently in other podcasts and on Instagram. Yeah. And it's cool to tune into that because I've experienced that as well. It's like, so easy to focus on the gap of where you want to go and who you want to be and what you want to have. And it's funny, I recently realized this and I had this moment of writing down the energy of writing down what I desired and kind of the gap. And then I wrote down what was present in my life. This amazing partner, like creative ideas, my own business, like all these things and focusing on what currently is here and now in my life and writing it down and feeling it. And then remembering the past version of myself that asked for all these things. Like all of a sudden I felt so abundant and alive and present and, you know, and maybe that's a daily practice to come back to that list and to come back to what it is that you have here and now, because that gap can get further and further and further away. And then to me, it's funny, even last night, we're staying at our friend's house and we're staying in the little house that's in the backyard. And we're up in the main house and we're, we're watching, you know, a show and having this like awesome chill night. And the thought of getting up and going and sleeping in the house that's, you know, hundred yards away because I was falling asleep on the couch was like so hard. And I was like, if I, if I think about the process of getting there, I'm not going to go there. But if I think about just getting up off the couch, then I'll get there without even thinking about it. But if I'm focusing on how far away I am from where I want to sleep or where I want to go, I'm not going to begin. I'm just going to sleep right here, you know? (laughs) And it's so true for life. It's like, you know, my friend Sammy says, if you are feeling uninspired in your life, it's because you're not dreaming big enough, which I really resonate with. And also if you're not in action, it's because you're not recognizing the power of this moment. And in this moment, you know, coming back to this concept of like, how do you be grounded in the moment? Like, how do I fully allow this moment to be whole? And another kind of theme I keep kind of talking about with my friends is how easy it is to just grab your phone and when you go to the bathroom or when you're walking you know your friend's house for dinner I'm having a very social summer can you tell and (laughs) you're at your friend's house for dinner and you you know walk past the table and you see your phone and you just grab it and all of a sudden that puts a hole in the moment and it kind of takes takes the energy out of what you were just experiencing you leave you go somewhere else into whatever world it was, even if it was just a text, even if it was just looking at your phone and there was no notifications, but you saw the time, whatever it was, it's like, how can we allow ourselves to be fully and wholly here and now dream big 
and have, you know, our imaginations let loose and also reclaim the power of this moment and what I can do to move the needle forward now and be here now for what I have. That's the balance, isn't it all? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, that is literally, that's it. <laughs> no, but, um, kind of like going off of that, something that relates to it and something that Natalie and I both practice now, you inspired this. I think I started it and then I told Natalie about it and she started doing it. Um, coffee walks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. And I literally, I will make my coffee and coffee, like in general is such an intentional time for me. So that was like already my time, but then I put my phone down and I just go for my walk. And like, that's the most it, like the, the most peaceful moments are in the morning, in my opinion. And then to be able to like start your morning with intention and presence and like grounding yourself uh, with that, or maybe like with your partner or with a friend or something yeah. like so beautiful. Like it's those tiny, tiny moments that like you can just start to practice that too. Yeah. And then yeah, when you start your day in that space, it's, it's incredible. And I realized how much energy that we, we really take on from other people in the, in our day-to-day world. And it's funny, I was recently at a friend's lake house and we were hanging out on the dock all day. And the dock was one of those, that's kind of a floating dock. It's anchored enough to be a dock, but it's not rock solid. So you're laying and you're kind of feeling the sway of the dock. And then we're on the boat and there's some waves and all day, you know, let's say five hours of this energy of really feeling it. And all of us throughout the whole night until we went to bed, we all still were feeling like we were on a boat or on a dock. And I really related it to life. Like when we walk away, let's say I was hanging out with a person for five hours. Maybe it's not as drastic of, um, you know, a ripple of energy that I feel that's like I'm bobbing around because they were bobbing around, but we don't really realize how much we're I don't want to say taking on, but in a sense, taking on other people's energies and feelings and what they're experiencing. And to have a practice like a coffee walk in the morning where it's just you and nature or your neighborhood and this coffee and the present moment, I feel like you really come back into yourself. And I think that that's what rituals are all about in a sense. You come back to yourself and you also connect with, you know, the larger consciousness of whatever it is that you believe in, whether it is nature or you know, God or your angels or whatever, you really start to feel the time and space. Here we go. Threading it through (laughs) that they can connect with you. You can connect with them. You start to remember who you are and what you're all about. And that's your ground, you know, and then you can kind of flow and and live from, from that space um, of like beauty and awe and wonder in the morning. And then yeah, rock on, turn your phone off airplane mode when you get home and then you're ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely started for me. Like Bailey said, she would always talk about like coffee walks or we would do voice memos to each other and she would be on our walk and she's like, oh, I'm just on yeah. my morning coffee walk. And, yes. you know, during COVID, I was like, okay, I'm going to start walking every day. But then when I heard Bailey, she's bringing her coffee and making this moment, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. And it's like, even just shifting it to like bringing your coffee with you from just a normal walk is making it even more like I just said, a moment, a present moment. It's like a little date with yourself. It's not just a walk for exercise or to get out. It's so much more. And yeah. as Bailey mentioned, like even making our coffee, we love doing that in the morning. I look yes. forward to it. It's a Yay. process in itself. And especially when you, yes. you know, no hate to like people who use Keurigs or whatever, but when you brew a cup of coffee, no matter what method you want to use, making it so present and just like 
being there, not thinking about the next thing, just thinking about like how much beans you need to measure out or whatever you do. And then going on a walk, like you said, to kind of like round it out. I've seen such a shift in my mindset and like starting my day in that present moment. And now I carry it with me throughout the day. And even like, I think with people working more remote now too, it's something so nice. Like, I think, um, I'm just like, I preach for it. I'm like, I think everyone should do a morning coffee walk. And then, like you said, you come back and you're like ready to go. That's like, as soon as I finish my coffee walk, I'm like, all right, time to get to work. Let's go to that. You know, if you have a to-do list or if you're not, and you're more free flowing, like time to do whatever comes through, like it truly, truly changes. And I, I, vouch for it. And I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. Cause I didn't realize, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize the inspiration behind it. Like Bailey was inspired by you. And it's so how did you start this? I guess, where was your inspiration? Yeah, it actually came. Well, it's funny. I, I, there's, it's funny how you have these little, I don't know if you both have this, these little, almost like when I'm younger, these little desires or these little snippets of like what I'm, what I'm being shown as a little girl of like, what could be possible But I remember I was living in Philly and I remember having this desire to take people on walks around the world. And, you know, I had this because I have this gift and it's in my human design that I can I think it's like the invisible stranger or the invisible something where I basically like the walls of connection between me and people. It's really easy for me to connect. And I have this like truth that I believe that when we can really get time with other people and understand their story and where they're coming from, you can really relate to them. You know, we're all humans. We're all living our different versions of our pains and joys and all these different things. And, you know, to, to lead people on walks where it would be neighbors and how it originally started in my head was that everyone would kind of bring an instrument to make them feel a little comfortable and have something to do with their hands. Everyone has like a random I don't know, xylophone, whatever the hell they have at home, a little ukulele maybe. And so I actually organized one of these walks for my birthday when I was living in Philly. I think I was turning maybe 26, 27. And there was maybe three friends that showed up. We met at a coffee shop and we all brought little instruments and it was kind of like a love walk. We went on and we were just like being ridiculous. Like I am, we had a speaker going, we had our instruments and we were just like, saying hi to everyone, giving them high fives. And it was just like a fuel of connection, of play, of ridiculousness, and also of like being outside fresh air. So I still have this dream of, you know, being on stages and doing these speeches, but it kind of begins at a certain coffee shop and everyone gets their coffee. And then we like parade down however many blocks together to then the auditorium and like, we're all connected. And it's just like, that's still a dream. And, you know, maybe that will come true. But how the coffee walk that I now experience it came true was actually when I was living in Topanga during COVID and they'd closed all the hikes. Topanga is this awesome little mountain town, a little North of LA and they'd closed the hikes. And so it was just like, okay, well, what else do I have to do? My roommate had a dog and she had a dog walker who was with us in town for a few weeks. And she started going on a morning walk and she found this path that you wouldn't have ever found unless you had to find a path for a dog to walk because we lived kind of on top of this mountain. And so it's these, you know, windy little two lane roads that people zip around, but she found this road that you go down and then you can back in the other side of the hill and it's many less cars. And so I went on a walk with her one night and I just loved it. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I have this story of like, I always go on runs, you know, I'm always running everywhere. Isn't that symbolic? 
but like to feel a walk, an evening walk, that that's how it started. And then I woke up in the morning and was like, I'm going to make my coffee and I'm going to go on that walk. And it just became this energy that carried me. It's like the energy of the coffee walk like keeps me going and keeps inviting me into it every day. It's like, I go to bed similar to you two at night. And I'm like so pumped for my coffee and my walk. And so it really became my place for me, my relationship with the fresh air, with trees, with creativity, like anything could flow through. And there was no service in this little town where on this walk that I would go, um, go on. And so I just ended up keeping my phone on airplane mode, which was amazing because I got to really stay in the moment. And like you were just saying, Natalie, like making the moment, I got to, I got to really understand and experience the whole moment of that morning and being on the coffee walk. And um, it's funny because since then, so I've done it all over the world and all these different places. And it, it's been super fun to explore and see new places on foot in the morning with my coffee. And I've done it socially too. Like I'll meet a friend for a coffee walk. And I realize that if I don't have my own coffee walk first, like I don't really want to talk to the person. Like I, it kind of takes my moment away from what it, the origination, like what the blueprint of it was and what it does for me. So I, when I was like traveling, I would go on a coffee walk in the morning and then maybe go on another walk with a friend. But like I needed my morning, my morning walk first. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. And I have a, a couple things that I want to touch on. First of all, you said that you kind of like dream about having these like walks around the world. I just want to propose you kind of have that, like you've inspired us to now do it and we're all over. So yeah. you're, you kind of are taking that That's all around the cool. world. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but something else that I really like about it too, is like, I know some people get like uncomfortable putting down their phone or like not taking with them or, um, just like being on the schedule, but you're kind of on your coffee schedule. It's like, once I'm done this cup, I'm done. And you kind of know how long that's going to take you, but it's like a little internal measurement too. It's like, am I sipping very slowly today? Like, am I chugging this? Like, do I need the coffee today? Like it's kind of a moment to check in with yourself too. And like, it's a walking meditation, uh, in so many different ways. So it's just, it's very interesting. There's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. It's such an, it's funny because yesterday I noticed myself not on the coffee walk, but in the morning, maybe it was after I kept tripping and, and it's so funny. Cause like, I think that maybe the regular person would say, oh my God, I'm so, I'm moving. I don't know. I'm so ridiculous. I keep tripping, but similar to you, I'm like, what, what is this saying about me? Am I, I need to slow down or like, am I tripping over something in life? And to like you're saying about the coffee walk, when it's really a moment of mirroring back to you, who you're being, it's so profound. Am I drinking this really fast? Do I want to get home and get another one? Like, is this moment not enough? It's, I think it would be amazing to recognize that every day it is really like a movie of ourselves and our lives that we can take a look and understand what we're being like that day and what's present for us and how we're being and what we're being like and how am I not like excited to see my friend? What does that mean? Do I need time to myself? Is there something triggering about that person that I need to, you know, look into in myself? And I don't think that life is meant to be hard. And I don't think that life is meant to be hard work. And I don't think that relationships are supposed to be hard work or anything. Like, I really do believe that we're unplugging from this, this system of hard work, linear thinking, check the boxes, and we're plugging into a system that's that is the system of thriving. That is the system of like being able to have it be a path of ease. 
And yes, there's courage and bravery. And yes, you have to maybe say harder things. And that's kind of a practice. But I really believe we're moving into this path of, of, of ease and accessibility and joy. And, you know, I, I was mentioning this concept of thriving because it, it really does feel like this is what we're moving into. And maybe, you know, ancient native cultures were thriving because they had their ecosystems, they had community, they would lived off the land and with the land. And we've gotten so far from that and we're moving back into that. But I think it's also really vulnerable to thrive. And I think there's a part of us energetically that feels almost, I don't know, bad about thriving when there's so many other colors happening in our world that aren't, because there are so many people that are still on survival. But if we have the opportunity to thrive and to really like rock it out and have this ecosystem of community and having abundance of money and being able to feel vital, like we must not silence our thriving. We must allow ourselves to plug into that and recognize that and go there and be that and be loud about it and also humble and in our hearts about it. But yeah, like it's time. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like it's, it's like the path of least resistance sometimes. Like it's getting on that. And like you said earlier, it's like riding that, that river, it's like letting that river flow. Um, but in your eyes and your, your mind and your words, like, how can we do that? Like, how can we jump into thriving from surviving? Like what, what can we do to get there? Yeah. And I think it's maybe a personal quest for each type of person. I think the first thing is always understanding maybe what is thriving for you and, you know, really breaking down that concept. And for me, it's really about having this, I keep the image I get is this beautiful, perfect little bubble of trees and animals and beautiful flowers and friends and community. Like it is an ecosystem. So to me, that's what it feels like. So what, what step can I do or who can I be today in order to begin to kind of tap into that energy of thriving and, and really working with the concept of thriving and working with the energy of thriving. Like it is an a being, you know, it is a pulse It carries something. So if I'm, you know, moving from this concept of survival, and I think one of my almost self-sabotaging ways that I almost, you know, allow myself to move into survival away from thriving is like my relationship with money. That has always been the thing that's like, okay, if I'm constantly thinking about like how I'm going to pay rent or how I'm going to pay for the next flight, I'm almost self-sabotaging myself to be in survival versus to be in the space of I have enough and I know I have enough and I can now like thrive you know I think there's a really there's a tunnel of transition between survival and thrival they're very opposites in my experience of these words and so I think it is you know coming back to what we've been sharing all along it is coming back to the moment it is coming back to what I need in this moment to choose that could allow me to to be present or to be growing or whatever it is like meeting the parts that are in the way of you and the thriving and recognizing that us moving into, and to me, I feel like it's back into the thriving energy. There's stuff in the way, you know, there's a lot in the wounds, there's grief, there's ancestral stuff. There's because we've been plugged into this linear kind of survival mindset and check these boxes and do these things. And that will be safe for you. Well, it's no longer safe for us for, you know, and I'm speaking from a very privileged place, but it's no longer safe for us to be in those, in that linear line of thinking. 
it's like, that feels so unsafe to me. Cause I feel dead there. You know, like even the thought of me saying that right now, I'm like, there's no energy there. So I think it's really, yeah, it's a process of really allowing ourselves to be thriving and vital and working with miracle energy and working with like taking the lid off of our imagination and, you know, reaching out to the people we're scared to reach out to, to connect over a collaboration and community seems like a really big theme of this. Like we're not meant to do it alone. We're not meant to be alone in the process. Like I'm a visionary. I love the vision of things. I need people around me to help with the logistics of getting it off the ground. So surviving would be me staying as the vision by myself and continuing to just like do enough. Thriving would be having a team around or having a team of other, you know, collaborators, creatives, entrepreneurs, coders, whatever it may be for us to then create this ecosystem together. And it feels like it is coming back to our connection with, with people and then our connection with the land. It's a beautiful process to move through. Uh, but I really want to talk about your book, uh, The Sure Song of Here. And my, my first question is to get us started. So we were talking about the intimacy of staying earlier. Does that relate to The Sure Song of Here, like as the title, like staying and here? Is there a connection there? Wow, I've never threaded that, but absolutely, it, it feels true. You know, I, that poem, so the Sure Song of Here title came through from a poem I wrote when I was in Joshua Tree. And it's funny, if I think about the energy I was in when that poem came through, I've never, I haven't spent a lot of time in desert energy. I'm very much so like water, forest, mountain, lake, that, that's been my experience mostly in life. And Joshua Tree's really dry. And I was there in peak summer, which is crazy. So during the day I was experiencing dryness and super hot and I don't do well in super hot when you can't get in water and um yeah and then I obviously stayed in Joshua Tree and that night when the sun started to go down this magic turned on and the way that the light reflected on the land and that that poem came through and it was just it it was in the concept and the energy of staying and the intimacy of it that the concept of the sure song of here because in my opinion the only sure song we have is the one that's right here like we don't know what's coming in, in this next moment I don't know what you're gonna you know ask me or what we're gonna talk about in the next moment but right now I am sure of what I'm saying at least a little bit you know <laughs> as much as I can be but I really like that that thread that feels true yeah I like that I was I, I kind of just put that together um within the past half an hour or so that we've been talking and I was like I wonder if that's the connection like I, I wonder if that was yeah. the inspiration that kind of drew you to that. But um, I, I I love the book. Like, it's amazing. I'm moving right now. I actually had a couple excerpts tagged and I wanted to show you my favorite ones, but uh, it, it's at my old apartment, unfortunately. Um, but I'd love to know, like, what are, what are your favorite excerpts? Like, are there or favorite poems out of the, the book um, or maybe like some really nice inspiration that, that led you to a few of them? I'd love to hear your favorites. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because coming back to the coffee walk so much of so many of my poems come through at the end of a coffee walk or halfway when I like make it to the tree and then I'm heading back home and and it's like this this like flow of truth and inspiration that comes through and it, I really feel like a theme of so many of my poems is about this concept of being here and now and being okay with where we are right now and celebrating where we are right now and not needing to be anywhere outside of this moment and so obviously whatever I'm writing, it's also for me. So it, this is also a huge practice that, you know, I'm in, in my life. And 
I, you know, I check in with it often and it's definitely like something that is deeply more embedded than it was, but it's still, and will always be a beautiful practice of mine to be here in the moment. So when these poems come through, they're really in the moment, me understanding myself or my experience of life a little bit deeper and maybe a little bit more poetic than what I could rattle off out of my mouth. I feel like when I, you know, a lot of my poems actually come through on my notes on my phone. It's almost easier with, yeah, to be able to type than handwrite because they do come and it's just like boom, da boom, da bang, da bang, you know, they're just flowing. Um, and I love the poems that are almost like spoken word. So when I write them, I can feel the pulse and the cadence of them. Like I would love to do a, record my book on audio because there's the longer ones I love because they really do carry this energy that to me in that moment really helped me and really like brought me back to my heartbeat and my moment and my, yeah, my now, my here and now, if you will. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the poems I actually cut out like the beginning of the poem because a lot of the times the poems you write and to me a poem is just anything that's true so it's just truth you know it doesn't have to be a haiku or it doesn't have to rhyme it doesn't have to have a certain cadence at all it's just you and writing about your experience that's a poem to me and so yeah when I was going through the process of editing and publishing this book I definitely took out a lot of the longer um kind of arrival point to that last line that's like mastery is in the journey, not the destination. Right. So, but like the part before that really had the cadence. And then I just like, for some of them, they just wanted to have the last line in there, which are amazing. And I love those poems, but the longer ones that have that like spoken word to them, those are my favorite. Like there's a poem in there that's like, they, they say that miracles only happen in fairy tales, but I see birds flying above in rainbows and blah, blah, blah. And that one is one of my favorites. I'm actually doing a print of that with three other poems as well. Oh, I love that. Sorry, Nat, you can jump into, but I just want to say like that it just paints such a beautiful picture in my head. I, I absolutely love that. Good. Love it. The imagery. Have you ever done like spoken poetry at an open mic night or anything? Or is that something no, you do? No, but I would love to. I would love to. I mean, I really feel so clear. Like every time I'm doing breath work or I'm like asking for clear medicine, it's like, Cass, get a freaking microphone and just talk and like be ridiculous. And, and also, yeah, do spoken word because there's a beautiful, beautiful experience of sharing it. There's, I, I've done it a lot in my breathwork classes, I always read my spoken word pieces and I'll read them during the class or at the end when they're in meditation. When I do live workshops in person, when I do retreats, there's always a part of the experience where I get everyone and I, one of my gifts is guiding people into visualizations. Like imagery is one of the ways I understand life and I get images of things and can take people on these amazing journeys and kind of, you know, channel these experiences of them going to the forest and there's the water and there's an animal that comes and blah 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 and then at the end like reading spoken word pieces that I've written and it's like it commands me to just say it do it and like all these different tones come through and it's an experience and I feel like hot and sweaty and I'm like oh baby that was fucking awesome <laughs> what about like I feel like that would be a really good I'm thinking of like social media, like an Instagram reel or something of you like speaking your yeah. poetry. Have you done that before? I did one video actually in Joshua Tree that is my, it's like me kind of dancing in, in nature on slow-mo and me reading the poem audio Ooh. over it. But 
yeah, these are the things you're, you're tapping into like the desire of this is why I would love someone to be around, to be a videographer, to help me with these things. Um, because I love the creative process of doing it together. When I'm alone, it's like, cool, I'm taking this video of this thing. And then it feels like such a process, you know, to getting from the couch to the other house. Do you see the theme here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need the homies around to help with the steps. Yeah. I feel yeah. that with the podcast. If like yeah. sometimes like making reels, cause I do a lot of the social media. So it's like, if Bailey and I were together, I'd be, we'd yeah. be banging out reels like yeah. here and there, but it's something when you're by yourself, yeah. it, it feels like you said, just so heavy. And you're like, Oh my God, it's so much work. Yeah. And Bailey's yeah. Bailey's famous thing that she always says, and it does help is don't make it as much work as it needs to be. And I'm like, this is true. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. But our mind sometimes doesn't want to do that. Does it? <laughs> no, exactly. I'm like, yeah, you're right, but it's still a lot yeah. of work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have a poem to read. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. I would love that. Let's see. What if you were meant to fly, to soar, to rise higher than the sky, right in the moments when you feel your whole ground crumbling, right when you feel that you're destined for the end, the bottom, the crash? What if this was your beginning, the moment when you looked in the mirror and saw the hero of your own eyes, the wisdom of your own freckles, the shimmering of truth around your skin? the depth of all that you've breathed and all that you've survived? What if this was the moment it all ignited for you? The moment you decided to stay, to stay with yourself, your tender heart, your aching bones, your stretched throat in the area of truth in your heart and the devotion of giving voice to the voiceless parts of you. What if today you realized that the hardest parts of life are already over, that you've won and now it's just the practice of it all? of choosing tears over swallowed truths, sacred rage over repressed fire, spoken truths over bit tongues, continuing to dance and fall in love with every bleeding, blooming, burnishing, banishing, breaking, and building part inside of you, with every rising, pulsing, igniting sensation and season of how you came to be and how you continue to be pulsing, rising, igniting through it all. What if this is the moment you became the phoenix who rose from the dust of her own ashes, every crumbled part reborn, regenerated as gasoline and fuel for the new life of you and all she spreads her wings for? Soar, 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 like the wild one that you are, bound to none, caged by nothing, and open to it all. I have chills. (laughs) Wow. You the way you speak and the way that you share your art and your creativity and the words that flow through you is just incredibly beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, it really reminds me of, there's, I don't know if you follow the hero's journey arc or if you know anything about that, but there's always times in the journey where you don't realize your own magic. You don't realize because it's so natural to you. It's your essence of who you are that actually sets you apart, right? And so you don't realize that like me doing that, well, this isn't necessarily the right example because I can feel it in my body, but it's like really important that we have these opportunities to have reflections of ourselves in our craft and to have reflections of ourselves as ourselves with our friends, with our strangers, with whomever. And this is why it's so amazing to take any opportunity you can to like reflect back someone's goodness and essence to them and encourage them to keep going on that. Like, I remember when I, 
one of the big catalysts in my life was me doing yoga teacher training, you know, and I was, it was a really low moment in my life. I went to Australia to, cause I had lived there at one point in my life and I'd gone back because it was this place that was so sunny and beautiful and amazing. And again, seeking this like external thing to give me this internal light. And I got there and it was like low moment, like really fucking low. And I was visiting my best friend at the time. And there was this moment that we were driving in the car and she was like, Cass, are you okay? And just to be asked that question, I was like, I'm not okay. And I just started to cry and release. And the next thing that came out was, but it's okay that I'm not okay. And that was like this turning point. So I came back to Philly. I broke up with my boyfriend and I started yoga teacher training. Like, and I moved out of my apartment and I got my own studio. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And I didn't have any idea of what I was going to do or who I was going to be. I knew that like the corporate thing was not my thing forever. I always knew there was something more for me, but going to this yoga studio, the studio manager kept saying, Cass, have you ever thought about training? You do really good Like, and you know, slowly started to actually break me into my own yes. And yeah, if it wasn't for her reflecting that to me, that, that is like, that started my path, you know, in a lot of ways. And hearing your reflections of it here in this moment, it reminds me of that. It's like, oh, I should keep doing this. You know, I must like, this is right. This is correct for me in the world. Right. It's those, it's those little reflections that kind of, they, they make you reflect on yourself too, and just like get you back on track or like they're little reminders. And it's, it's really beautiful. And it's really good to be grateful of them too, because sometimes they're, they're hard. Sometimes they hurt. Like you don't want to hear something, but you kind of have to face that truth. And that just might be your time to do it. But uh, sometimes they're, they're very beautiful too. So Cass, we, we end our episodes all on the, the same question, but you mentioned earlier and this kind of relates, but you said you like to ask yourself, how good can it be? And I really, really liked that because it kind of relates to our last question and like our motto. Uh, so I want to ask you, how do you live your best life? Oh, the, I just get this like image of just okay it's me walking down a road just like being ridiculous and playful and open and to me it really is all about speaking your truth and living your truth and whatever your experience of quote truth is right maybe my truth in this moment is that I feel x y and z and it's really confusing because that's not aligning with how I actually want my life to be so I need to have the courage and bravery to speak that thing either out loud in my journal to that person whatever it may be but it's like it is really living your life in divine guidance from your own intuition and coming back to those feelings and sensations and having a being resourced enough within yourself and your own capacity to feel those things, to move through those things. Like I always think life is about saying yes and no from your like, what is true for you? And also having the space to really feel what you're feeling, you know, and whether it's crying or you know, pouting or screaming or wanting to throw shit into the wall, like throw rocks into the water, whatever it is, like feel it, be true to your yeses and nos, and just really like stay in your heart, connect, like tell someone that their eyes are really beautiful, like be spontaneous when it's kind of scary too, and go, like just go and soar and just live this beautiful life so that it really can be beautiful back for you. Like, and just let yourself be blown away from, you don't know how good it can be and you don't know how good you can be and how sweet it all can be, but you really do have to feel things and you really do have to process things. And you really do have to not self-abandon and be in choice with self and 
you know, who you are and what your soul wants you to do and be in this lifetime. Mm, I love that you said a resource for yourself or within yourself. It's, it's that toolbox that everyone talks about, but having those tools to be a resource for yourself and feel the things you need to feel. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know how, like we're always on a wave and as we're women here who are like on our cyclic patterns, you know, when you're like having like the moment of clarity and bliss and you're like, I can see things now. It feels so good. And then obviously, you know, whether your hormones are changing or you're just in a different flow in the next few days, we can get so easily taken out by that. Cause we're like, what a couple of days ago, I was just there. But if you're resourced, it, you know, and you have your little ecosystem and you're kind of aware of that pattern and that knowing, then you, you don't have to let it rock you. You can actually not resist it and go into that. And there's wisdom there too, but we're, we don't have a lot of capacity in our general world to go there and to trust that. But yeah, it's beautiful. So resource yourselves and rock on, you know, rock on. <laughs> yes. Love the energy. So where can our listeners find you and more of your lights? Where do you share your content? What's your Instagram handle or whatever else you want to share? Yeah. Amazing. So my Instagram is Cass O'Neill, C-A-S-S-O-N-E-I-L-L. And I would say that's probably where I'm most active at the moment. I am playing with starting a YouTube channel because I just want to talk and be out there with my microphone in the world. Um, you can buy my book anywhere in the world that Amazon ships, The Sure Song of Here. Um, and I also teach a lot about numbers and my numerology course is uh, out and online. And it's you know a beautiful way to connect with something, the unseen world, if you will. But yeah, and I love, send me an email or DM or whatever that, if you want to connect further, I just, I love what, you know, what your networking community are receiving from this and what the ripples may be. So ripple on ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yes. Ripple on. Thank you so much, Cass. (laughs) Thank you ladies. So fun to be on here and just such a great flow between the two of you and what you've created on here. It's just path of ease. You guys are plugged in. You ladies are And once again, thank you for reflecting that back on us. We're so grateful uh, to have you on. Yes. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon out in this beautiful world.